Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, wow. so right now for me here, it is minus, minus something. 
it, it can it can't oh, be <laughs> the 55 you are talking about there. It has to be in the minors. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan, uh, that song you closed with. I, I, I know you just picked you just picked it out of uh, uh, random. That is from uh, Western Sahara, Doctor Patrick. Western Sahara is, I think, the only country in Africa today under the occupation of another country, which is Morocco. It is um, it is a freedom song of the West, uh, Western Sahara, uh, people in uh, Western uh, Sahara, to, to be free. So be careful. Uh, some of these songs you, you pick, um, <laughs> they, they may. <laughs> you know I don't. You know I don't care. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to now uh, care just to think about those brothers and sisters who are under occupation. Um, yeah. In Africa, it, it, it is a very sad state of affair. Um, um, I was reading a story, uh, Dr. Patrick, uh, the, the troubles uh, the people in Western Sahara go through um, with, with, with the Moroccans, uh, the, the way they are, they, they are treated. It is, it is very sad, but all these things are under the, uh, the radar for some reason, Nathan. Uh, we, we we don't know, but uh, sad story there. Uh, Google them, uh, Western Sahara. What is going on there, uh, Dr. Pat? I, I don't know. Uh, good morning. Maybe you know uh, something you want to add on there. Mwakalini, Mwakalini. Hey, Dr. Pat. Yes. Ulishani. Uh, we know Dr. Patrick. <laughs> you, you know, I I was thinking about the um, the uh, Nathan's last program just a few minutes ago, and right. what you're beginning to talk about today. And I want to suggest something. I want to throw it out, and this is for our brothers and sisters in the diaspora uh, in general and specifically for our brothers and sisters in Zambia and for our global diaspora that would include the brothers and sisters in the United States and in Canada and throughout the global community. This, what I'm about to say and suggest and offer has to do with what we've been talking about the last 12 years, 12 plus years. And Roger, you mentioned it. It has to do with a business plan. And what I would like to suggest is we dedicate at least 10 or 15 minutes uh, beginning next week to becoming economic advisors. And what I would like to talk about is the global conversation has having to do with the business plan. What I would also like to have is to have listening definitely our Zambian brothers and sisters so that we can take steps toward building a, a greater economy. 
And the best way to do that is to go step-by-step on global economy, global speech, and business plans. So what I would like to do is head it out, start it up next week, at least dedicate 15 minutes so that we can bring our brothers and sisters down the advisory path on how to start their business and get into the global community network. So that's what I would like to suggest and I would like to offer. I, lo- I love that, Dr. Pat. I, I, I really do. Um, like I said in the Nathan's program, uh, the, the study, Dr. Pat, uh, you, you remember one time we did uh, a show I've told Nathan, you know, this is supposed to be University of ZBTR. We're supposed to have PhDs by now, Dr. Warren. We've been on radio forever. One of the things we talked about, Dr. Pat, remember, we were talking about uh, the cotton cotton industry. Remember how we built that value chain when we talked about, you know, we went step by step, step by step, step. As we go to uh, your your suggestion, I think that is going to be very, very critical. Uh, where we look, uh, say, for instance, so we, we take chicken, 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 chicken industry. We look at every aspect of the, the chicken, the entire value chain, and we leave business plans all over. Say, those who are going to be producing feed, what, what do they need? Those who are going to be uh, producing vaccinations, what do they need? Those who are going to be doing uh, chickens. And I don't know, maybe we, we give it to the Zambian government or we give it to the cooperatives. We tell them, in this value chain, this is what is needed. You can't all be keeping chickens. There should be someone to sell medicines. They should, you, you, and, and it is a big weakness. Uh, Dr. Pat, uh, in Zambia where you find the farmer himself, he has to find the, the feed, he has to find the chicks, he has to grow the, the, the chickens, he has to go and find the market. So you find he, is, he can't be strong in, in everything. Anyway, I don't know what it, I'm saying, but I'm exactly, happy with what you have brought exactly. on the table. And what, what I would like is to have the, the, the goat farmers to have the the vegetation farmers, to have the industry farmers, the um, corporations, the cooperatives, to call in because as Titus would share with us from time to time, he suggested that we don't reinvent the wheel, and we all believe in that. So what I would like to do is when the brothers and sisters call in with their businesses, we don't want to begin at the beginning. We want to start from where they are. And perhaps we can show them avenues and ways to engage in the global community. So uh, if possible, next week we can have our brothers and sisters. It could be the diaspora. Uh, but ideally, we have the um, the business community from Zambia calling in the farmers 
and the investors and the realtors them to call in and listen and to share with us. Uh, ideally, if we can have one or two or three of these um, entrepreneurs to call in and share with us yeah. where they are, we can suggest on how they can get to the next step. At, may I say that that sounds like an excellent idea? Um, here in Toronto, um, I started a uh, a nonprofit um, social enterprise called Masterminder. It's spelled M Y N D E R Masterminder, and uh, we were giving face to face. We were giving free consultation and helping black aspiring entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs for free. Absolutely for free. We were using, me and my business probably using our own money to facilitate this, and we were doing this twice a month on a Saturday, right? But since the COVID thing hit, now we're going digital. So we're building our digital platform, so we'll be able to reach out to people all across North America initially and help them grow their business. We got tons of resources because we're both consultants, right? We're in technology, but we have a foot. We've always had a foot in business consulting for, for fortune 500 companies. So we, we, I think that's an excellent idea. You know, I'll be mm-hmm. very interested to listen to that. Um, actually we're, we're moving out this year and uh, it's going to be an exciting year for us, but I think that's a great thing. Now, as far as the business plan is concerned, I think that's going to take some thought because the business plans of today are different as far as building and the resources you put into building a business plan. That process is different today than it used to be when we were younger. Even Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School, all these top professors and entrepreneurs and businessmen have said that big business plan, starting and putting energy into that thing, is not the way to go anymore. That business plan is going to be built as the business is being built. The operation, there's some, the operations of your business, you can put into, you can put, you have to put some effort into that to get started. But that big business plan, that's a living document that you do. And, you know, these five-year projections are no longer, five, nobody's paying attention to them anymore because time is moving so fast now. And there's so much technical innovation, you can't possibly tell, tell me what your business is going to be like in five years. Not to, mention, not to mention everything else that's going on, as we've seen from 2020, right? So we just need to have that discussion. But I think, Dr. Patrick, that's an excellent idea. Uh, and, 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 brother, and, brother Patrick, what I, what I need and most definitely we all can benefit from is with your input. Because when I talk about a business plan, I'm not talking about a universal um, master's uh, degree level business plan. What I'm talking about are the bare rudiments, the the base level things of what you can think about. But at, at the present time, there are two types of business. Well, there's um, one business plan, and then there's the business profile. And a lot of our brothers and sisters on the continent are still mired in the business profile means of thinking. And what I'm talking about when I when I talk about business plan, 
I'm talking about is to do that paradigm shift on how to and and how to look at business and how other people are looking at you with respect to business. So I wanted wanted to be very elementary, very rudimental, and blossom from that point. I don't want to go right into the ten year or five year business plan. And and you see what I'm talking about uh if if uh Nathan and Roger agrees to this discussion beginning next week is that we're not starting out big. We're going to start out at the um, the grassroots and develop and expand it. And if we get too too enmeshed in in our discussion of businesses and business plans, then that's what I'm calling on individuals such as yourself is to say, well, well, maybe we don't have to go that deep. Maybe we can start at this level. Again, again, we'll need our brothers and sisters out there to to share with us at their level of of business plan development. And, And, Brother Patrick, you're one of the individuals that I'll be asking questions with respect to what was your thinking to start your 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 overall business adventure? What what started you to think about that? Pa, pa, to to Patrick and Doctor Patrick's point, let let's do this. I my plan is to dedicate the month of February to dealing with issues to do with the diaspora. But what we can do is in a fortnight after next week. Because next week I already have a guest. Patrick, I would like us to dedicate that show as a starting point to begin to deal with this subject. If Patrick, if you don't mind, I can have you to lead the discussion to talk about what your company organization does. Dr. Patrick, we can also infuse in what you are bringing out so that we sort of narrow everything down and get things moving and going and see where we can go. I can ask and Roger, we can invite a few minds, a few friends and people, even those of us on this platform, to see where we can take this. That's that's my proposal to you in two weeks' time. Uh, that that sounds great. And and if anyone wants to I just we're, we're we're building on our platform now with new features, so the platform is down, but I just enabled it so that if you guys want to go find out more information, is masterminder.com, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-Y-N-D-E-R.com. I just enabled Excellent. it in case you guys want to go in and see it. And, Nathan, I'm in agreement with that. I, 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 um, I agree with your proposal, and, and I look forward to the – to jump, jump starting it. We also, we also definitely need our sisters. We need to engage in our sisters, and we need to engage our youth because we do have youth listening to the program, and they've begun starting their the um, the footwork of developing their businesses. So, maybe when we begin this, and Roger, when we begin this. Let's include our youth, and let's include our ladies. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it sounds uh, like a, a good a, a good plan. Um, 
I'm running a series uh, live on, on 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 Facebook, so I'll be eager to hear uh, this uh, discussion when you have it with Nathan, and probably invite some of you on on the live discussion uh, on Sun on Sundays. Uh, we really want to push the young entrepreneur back home in Africa uh, to see the opportunities of this new agreement which has uh, which has come. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts, Dr. Pat, Nathan, a lot of moving parts. I think we'll bring them uh, together. This Roger. is why we are called the... Yes, Dr. Pat. Roger, we, we, uh, we, we must also include our brothers that are um, who, who we call a, a physically challenged. But okay, are, okay, uh, okay. Different okay. names, acceptable names, but we need to include them as well as how we all can engage in programs with the same mind and the same access level. Yeah. So also thinking yeah. about reaching out, I think. Yeah. So let's let's do that. I I, I like that. Uh Nathan, since the death of our brother Daniel, um you know, that, I mean, that program probably could be dedicating some of these things to him. Um, we are, that's, we are that's hearing. That's what I was thinking. Uh, just, that, that's what yeah, I was thinking very about. little about the, the the disabled. The other day, I was playing uh, the albino guy, Nathan. You remember him? Yeah. You know, so yes. I mm, really yes. Need, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, today's program, we have a lot, a lot to talk about, uh, whatever is happening in the United States, uh, politics in, in, in America, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, go out uh, of the U.S. Brother Warren, um, you are passionate about Ethiopia. Uh, what is the update? Uh, what is the update there, Brother Warren, from Ethiopia? In, in Ethiopia? Yes. Have you been following yeah, the news? Well, yeah, well, um, as, as far as, I, as I've been privy to is that uh, the Ethiopian uh, government is uh, moving ahead with, you know, its plans to uh, with regional cooperation with uh, Kenya and others, there's a problem now with Sudan. Uh, Sudan uh, and Ethiopia had had some disagreements with a little border area uh, where supposedly many Ethiopian farmers would grow their crops on land that Sudan claimed. And so supposedly Sudan has reclaimed that land. But what you kind of see is some little lingering tensions going on there mm-hmm. and uh, the the Nile Dam talks are supposed to resume with Egypt and Sudan, but it looks like Egypt is uh, using Sudan. You know, Sudan is now exactly. back in good graces with the United States. They're good graces with the United States, yeah. and it looks like Sudan, in my view, is allowing itself to be used uh, against their neighbor that they have more in common with Ethiopia than they do Egypt. Because those Sudanese, even when they go to Egypt, are mistreated and discriminated against. You know, uh, Sudanese are Arabic-speaking people, 
but they're still black people. And so when they go to Saudi Arabia, they go to Egypt, they are called Abid slaves. So the identity and mindset of many of these top-level Sudanese, uh, they need to check reality with themselves. They're allowing themselves to be used uh, against uh, African countries that they can benefit from and have mutual cooperation, such as Ethiopia and Kenya. Uh, as far as the Tigray situation, I understand there's still some refugees uh, that haven't been returned back to their home area in Tigray. And, of course, uh, the, the mainstream media, the media uh, that uh, we call the Western media, uh, seems to still malign uh, Abi Ahmed and... Uh, you know, uh, making uh, claims of uh, persecution of certain ethnic groups. But we do know that uh, problems have been exacerbated over over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm so glad you, you are paying attention to what is going on in Ethiopia, Brother Warren. Um, we, we, we'll be having five minutes every every week. Uh, if you are here, time allowing, you report you report on it. Uh, when we celebrated uh, Amit, Dr. Patrick um, warned us as always uh, not to be so excited. Uh, things might change. Let's review, Dr. Pat. If you remember, you said let's review his um, leadership. Uh, I don't know if it is in two years' time. It's been very, very tough. Uh, the young man is fighting, I think, uh, three fronts, actually. Um, the Tigri area you've talked about, Brother, Brother Warren, uh, bordering uh, Eritrea is a, a, a problem. And um, the, the other day they fired, actually, rockets into Eritrea, uh, because they're thinking Eritrea is supporting Amit uh, in South Africa. The border between Ethiopia and Somalia is also uh, a lot of tensions there, a lot of tensions there. Then there is the Omara region. So, like before, people are thinking uh, there probably could be a full-blown civil war uh, in, the, in, the, in the country. So let's pay attention um, this will be Brother Warren's uh, baby, I think, reporting on uh, on this uh, every five minutes on the show. I think we're going to do this uh, this year, Nathan, where we have people's have expertise. Yeah, go go ahead, Brother Patrick. Go ahead. Uh, uh, just Brother Warren, when you mentioned Sudan, are you talking North or South Sudan? Or both. Well, well, now, now when we Sudan. say Sudan, we talk, when we just say Sudan, we're talking about the portion that's the northern portion of the former Sudan. South Sudan is right. the new country. So we're talking about yeah. Khartoum, the, the Khartoum government, Khartoum. The Islamic the Islamic of Islamic mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I, I've, I've been to Khartoum. In fact, I stayed in Khartoum two weeks. I had a friend whose father was a professor at University of Umdurman. And the Sudanese people are very nice people. They have, they have some of the best music in Africa, particularly in Arabic language. It has a soul, a soul sound. It's not like uh, the, the Saudi Arabian or Palestinian music. It's an it's a African 
Arab language music because they're African groups. These Northern Sudanese are Nubians. They are Belgian people. They're just different African groups who had adopted Islam centuries ago. And because of the politics of Islam and the Arabic language, uh, the Arabic language becomes a type of uh, status over time, and they adopt the language. But there, but these Northern Sudanese are also different African ethnic groups as well. Mm. I, I I like the the, the Sudanese uh, angle. Uh, also, you you brought you brought in. Um, Dr. Pata, my thinking is that uh, uh, I don't know what others think, but uh, I, I really want to engage our only black senator, uh, Brother Warnock, uh, to be part of uh, w uh, what is happening uh, in Africa. There is uh, Senator Kuhl uh, of Delaware, who is responsible for Africa region and this and stuff. We, we need our own. We, we, we need our own to pay attention to what is uh, happening there. Uh, that is just uh, me. Well, but uh, but before, we need to find. Uh, yeah. Before before we do that, remember I've always um, suggested and recommended we only have one shot at an individual or at an issue, and before we contact um, Brother Ward or the Black Caucus, because there's always a representative on the Black Caucus that is responsible for African African activities. I think what we should do is we should do our homework. We should prepare ourselves as to what we want Brother Warwick to engage in and what direction we would like him to go. So... I like and that. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We need to have our own discussions as to maybe a conference call as to what direction we want to do or go before we reach out to our politicians or individuals of, of similar <clears throat> level of expertise and knowledge and political influence. So before we do that, let's, let's um yeah. Remember, Doctor Pat, we were talking about the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. If for that to succeed, uh, Af Africa, we, we we need to sort our problems out. Like Brother Warren, I said, the tensions in that region are not helpful. There is no way trade can happen when people are pointing guns at each other. That is just not going to happen. So let's push from this uh, uh, platform. Uh, we sit down, say, who is a friend of who, and uh, how do we start? I know Ethiopians are tough, tough, like tough people, Nathan. They've been through civil wars uh, who knows how many times. So they are tough, never been colonized before. No wonder why, you know. Very, 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 very tough. So. And, and, and let, me, let me contribute this. The, the president of Ethiopia is committed to a strong Eastern African economic region. So his relationship with Kenya is very good. They open up a road, uh, a highway that goes from somewhere in Kenya all the way to Addis Ababa, which makes, you know, trade, facilitate easy trade, truckers driving through. 
And that's what I've seen that this guy, Abi Ahmed, is dedicated to. And he's, he's multi, he could multitask. So while you have a war, you have an internal war going on, you're still going to regional African countries and completing deals, economic trade deals. I think the situation with Sudan is very unfortunate, very unfortunate, because that mm. dam, as I understand it in many ways, the dam will also benefit Sudan because Sudan floods a great deal uh, during a certain time of the year. And by controlling the waters of the Blue Nile, it, it could prevent a lot of flooding in Sudan. But I'm afraid Sudan, the cartoon government, is allowing itself to be used by a triad of the U.S., Egypt, and Israel. And I think that's, yeah. that's not in interest of... Yeah. Of, of the uh, part of Africa that we call Black Africa, I don't think that's an end because the Egyptians, Moroccans, and all of those people, you know, are generally uh, Arab-minded, Arab identity. Therefore, they're anti-African in there because even in Egypt, you have the Nubians in the south of Egypt, the indigenous Egyptians, the Nubians are marginalized, mistreated, discriminated against in Egypt. And so the other Egyptians, and, and you know, in Libya, that, that whole mentality of being an Arab means hating black people. We, we are seen as slaves in their worldview. And so the Ethiopians in Saudi Arabia, right now as we speak, are chained in prison. Uh, and are living in conditions that are subhuman. And yet the Prophet Muhammad sought refuge in Ethiopia. And this is how Ethiopians are being treated in the Saudi in Saudi Arabia. So I didn't want to go off on a tangent on that, but I was just saying that uh, I feel that the president of the prime minister, they call him, of Ethiopia is... Progress. He has issues to deal with. There's there's some discontent about how he's handling some internal things, but nonetheless, he seems to be looking for a regional relationship with African countries in his particular region of northeast or uh, eastern Africa. Yeah, and 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 what we are talking about also the the entire block which they have uh, created. We are trying to create a. A big, big, big family, uh, and uh, like the discrimination you've just talked about about with the, our Arab friends, uh, we, in my view, we have to put a lot of pressure in, uh, on the Biden uh, uh, administration. Mm -hmm. um, yes, he's got. He said he's, uh, he's got the, the backs of the the black people. So let's take him to say, you know. The greater black people is Africa, if you didn't know. It is just not uh, the, the American. Uh, come on board. But like Dr. Patrick has said, let's start to prepare, uh, gentlemen. Let's start to prepare. Put a document on the table, and then we, uh, we, make, we reach these people. Um, yeah, so sad state of affairs again. Uh, uh, they are from uh, Ethiopia. Um, Georgia elections in America, uh, Nathan and everyone here, what does the Georgia election uh, mean? 
number one, especially to the Republicans. Uh, I don't know who wants to take up this. If the Republicans lose Georgia forever, or oh, it can come back, or oh, it will just be now in the middle. How scared are the Republicans? Who wants to say something? I I want to say that depends on how the Democrats market themselves vis-a-vis what has occurred this week and how the Republican Party has been culprit, has been a culprit and complicit and uh, and should be are held responsible for what occurred. The Democrats should do well if they market themselves. Now, another thing I didn't think of, too, I heard this morning, you know, Washington, D.C., will now be seeking statehood, which means that would be two more Democratic senators because D.C. is basically a Democratic bloc. And so I understand a while back, maybe 2020, a bill has already passed granting D.C. statehood. And so now you have two new Democratic senators coming in. Then if if they grant D.C. statehood, that's going to be, what, that's going to be 52 two more senators, then they'll be Democratic. So the Democrats should really clown, clown, clowning, clowning in a good way. The Democrats should clown. They should cut up. They should cut up, and they have no excuse. They have a Senate. They have a, they have a House. They just had a situation where yeah. a party, a party is associated with a movement that attempted a coup on the U.S. government. So now you can say the Republican Party has been anti-democratic and unpatriotic, if they don't do this, then shame on them. I, I, you know, I like that. I, whether Democrats have enough spine to move quickly on, on these issues, it's somebody's, uh, somebody's uh, guess. Because if the Republicans knew the advantage they could have uh, by declaring statehood to D.C., guess what? This would have been a state long time ago. Democrats' <laughs> spine, Dr. Patrick, is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 we have to remember that in Obama's first term, there was a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and we had a, a black president. So we, we, we can look at that history to see what we got from that, and if we didn't get anything from it or what we wanted, then we have to think again, even if they do this, what do we get? What are we, what are we willing to force them to give us and to do? That's the question. Just, them, just having the house and all that, that doesn't for, – for black people, I don't see where, where – you know, where's the excitement? What would you like to Brother Patrick, what would you like to see? Uh, in the first hundred days, what would you like to see? What movements would you want to see? I, I'll let, I think Brother Warren was going to say something. I'll let him chime in. I just want to chime in. <laughs> no, I'm giving you. I mean, because I you are complaining about Obama. I have my thoughts. What would you like I to see? I have my thoughts, what but they're do? a little provocative. So I, I'm going to let mm-hmm. the Warren <laughs> go with this. My thoughts are a little provocative. No, no, no. no. Brother Warren, don't come in. He can't be complaining. Beating about his brother Obama when he does not have any agenda he wants. Uh, but I want to hold on. No, I, Let, I'm let's not put Brother about Patrick. Uh-huh. I, I'm oh, not complaining about get... Brother Obama at all. Okay. I'm just saying that was okay. a condition. So we, let's look, you know, let's make sure that if, 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 if there's a condition that's coming 
that we say is favorable for us, then let's put people's feet to the fire and make it so. Or else in 10 mm. years we're going to talk about how there was a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House, and we still didn't get anything, and then here we go again. Exactly. Right? Exactly. We can't let that happen. Uh, no matter how small we are on this radio, Nathan, we can't let that happen. Yeah, and this is why I, I think, Dr. Patti, why I agree with you, we need to prepare. It, it, let's do it quickly. Because if we take forever, time is not going to be with us. Before we know it, the two years' uh, advantage we have, both houses will be gone if we are not very careful. So let's put some serious agenda on the, on, on the table. Yeah. Especially for. And it's only. Uh, yeah. It's only two years, Roger. There will be an election, a midterm election. That's what I'm saying. In what? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like, like advantage. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, I'm hoping that Biden doesn't make the mistake in courts and courts that Obama made when you have all three to your side and you end up doing nothing. There's no being yeah. nice here. The, the, the Republicans are not nice. They do what they have to do. So let's but move see, and do what we need to do. But see, here's the thing that both parties are beholden to. <laughs> both, both leaders of the parties, which includes whoever the president is, Speaker of the House, Senate Majority Leader, they are beholden to special interest lobbying groups. The number one is the banking industry. And what is it that big business does not like? They do not like regulation. They do not like rules on their ability to make profit by any means necessary. So Obama, when Obama became president, Obama really was attempting to please that sector of society. And Obama, uh, remember he talked about uh, bipartisanship. He made references several times to Ronald Reagan as the great communicator. So really, the fact that Obama had a House and a Senate, the only thing he was able to get through after his first year was the uh, Affordable Care Act, which became debatable ever since. After that, nothing else. And so these politicians make conscious calculations on pleasing the special interest lobby groups of multinational corporations and private sector entities. That's something that's not talked about often as to why politicians do or don't do certain things. So in the end, these uh, banking industry, pharmaceuticals, big agriculture, defense contracting. Uh, these are some of the, the, the uh, big manufacturers. Now you got big tech, big tech. These are the things that really run a government behind the scenes. They run yes. a government behind the scenes. And that, has, that narrative of how America works is hidden. It's really hidden. So it's not only through the political, the, the electoral process that things are done. It is who gives money to the campaign coffers of these persons who run for Congress, who run for Senate, who run for governor, who run for mayor, who run even local school board races. You'll be surprised in large cities and even 
uh, not so large cities as New Orleans, how much outside money comes in from foundations on an agenda as relates to education. The public policy agenda in America is designed by special interest groups that is backed by foundations that are given money are given to by the wealthy. And so that has to be clearly understood uh, to understand American politics. That said, um, uh, 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 Brother Warren, that said, and agreed, uh, no, no, no opposition to that. Uh, this is why we were asking a question about um, uh, Georgia. What yeah. the black people have been able to do, I am not sure even Big Tech or whoever is able, if they ignore what the black people have done this year, take out Donald Trump from the White House. Install Joe Biden there. Black people, what they have done on their backs. If they ignore, already in my view, Dr. Patrick, uh, Biden has ignored a little bit. Sprinkle a black person here, black person there in the, in, in, in the cabinet. The three top most significant positions have gone to the Jewish, who I don't think, uh, maybe they control business. They, they, they delivered. But they he did. has given them. They, he has given them the topmost Secretary of Treasury, the uh, Secretary of State, now the, 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 the Attorney General. Black people have delivered this government, in my view. And all we are getting are little peanuts here and, uh, and there. While businesses they control saying, whatever, without the black vote, he could have been nowhere. America will still be in, in sorry to say, in Trump hell. Go ahead, brother yeah. Patrick. Yeah, I'm yeah, so mad. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, okay um, before brother Patrick, let us brother uh, Alison here, uh, uh, brother Charlie yeah. go in and then Patrick. Okay. Here's one thing that we don't forget, Roger. Um, the population right now as it stands, you still have more white people than black people. So uh, you totally go in, and I think that's the balance Obama was trying to play. If you totally go in and just say, we're just going to promote a 99% black agenda. If you lose half of those white people who are Democrats, you are losing the next election. So there's got to be, he's got to try to, fulfill the demands for the black population, but also still maintain the, the core base, those white people who are Democrats, he's still going to pull them along. So there's a balancing act that has to play there. This is why you see with Trump, Trump was just like, forget the other, uh, uh, the other people, whether you are uh, people of color. I'm just going to go with these guys. And he really went out hard and got all those people out. If Trump had been a little moderate, and just even pretended to love people of color, you would have had a few more not vote Democrats, but go with the Republicans. So that's a balancing act. So we, we, yes, we have them. We want him to do something for the uh, people of color. He promised he's not going to forget us. But at the end of the day, it's being practical. We've got to understand that if we have to maintain some kind of meaningful influence, you can't totally alienate um, 
all Caucasian people. Uh, Roger, can I come in? Yeah. Okay. okay, Brother Patrick, and then uh, Brother Patrick, I don't know if you've forgotten what you wanted to say. In any negotiation, you have to have leverage if you're looking to gain in any negotiation. One of the, on the on the surface, on the surface, we have our vote. That's leverage, right? We don't control exactly. any means of production in any meaningful way. We don't uh, control any of the life-sustaining institutions that we rely on. So the only thing we have is our vote on the surface. Now, when you look below the surface, our vote, for the most part, is guaranteed to the Democrats. If you have a if you have someone from the Republican Party that comes up and tries to run for president, and then the Democrats deem them as racist, even if the Democrats don't do anything, where are the black people going to vote? So if the vote is guaranteed, then we have no leverage. We're going into a negotiation with zero leverage, and you all know how that turns out, right? How that ends up. So just wanted to say that. Okay. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, it's, a, it's a good point. Thank, the, thank you, Baroja. Yes, I wanted to make a comment about you saying about Biden. Uh, if, uh, I hope he doesn't let us down and he hasn't picked uh, the, the uh, black people. Race is issue. Of course, race is issue in this, in this country. And uh, I for some of us, what we are looking for, it's somebody who's going to, what does, like Martin Luther King said, you know, that uh, we get judged by our character. I think that's one thing that Trump, we don't, we don't want to uh, Trump in there is because, you know, he, I mean, he brought rest in, uh, in governing, you know, and uh, this generation, especially some of us, and I'm sure lots of even we 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 can uh, we can run away from uh, 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 race. It's still happening. But what I'm looking for for my children or for the people who are coming for, uh, after me, it's a society where race is ignored. I enjoy. I'm sometimes I'm the only black person, and I enjoy when I I'm sitting in a room where if I see something wrong and I just said I don't like this, and everybody said okay. Yeah, we did him wrong and stuff like that, you know. This thing of uh, race in politics, and uh, uh, I want to start hearing people who's going to push away from uh, from race. I think we have passed that. We have we have married white people, we have married black people. Some of us we are mixed and stuff like that. I don't want to be judged by, by, by especially I'm I'm coming the end of my uh, my exit. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in my fifties. I want to enjoy life. And I want to go everywhere I want to go. I'll do everything I want to do. I don't want to be judged by race. I want to just be Daniel myself, you know. But we have to keep continuing talking about it because there's, people are not educated out there, you know. But uh, this thing of Biden, Biden well, is the one person who's qualified. Unfortunately, um, you know? that's my next question, actually. Um, I, 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 unfortunately, uh, race is part of... Uh, uh, part of, part no, of us. They, they, they. What, what happened in Congress uh, the other day? Um, 
I'm, I'm not sure who is going to help us. Uh, Dr. Patrick, I, I, I'm not sure you want to comment about what happened uh, in Congress uh, the other day. Uh, the, the white guys marched in there, and everyone is saying, if that was a black man who did that, they would have been... It, it was not even going to be allowed to be... To, 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 be, to begin with, uh, there could have been a lot of uh, casualties. To this day, Dr. Patrick, what does it mean to be a black person in America? It means to keep your eye. Uh, this is an overused phrase, but um, it's apropos here. It's to keep your eye on the prize. And I also use the phrase of press the digitation of politics. And what we've experienced the last few days is an, an uh, acute example of press the digitation of politics. If we, if we look at back in the uh, 1600s, the, well, let's say, no, 1700, 1740s, there's an individual by the name of Nathaniel, Nathaniel Bacon. Nathaniel Bacon is a white individual. And there was a Bacon uh, uh, revolution or revolt, an insurrection. And it's an insurrection of blacks and whites joining together at the, at the, um, the level of the disenfranchised. You had white serfs and you had a black slave. And they united... Uh -huh to protest the, uh, the English government. And from that point on, it was a, a mantra to make sure that blacks and whites don't unify. They don't. So therefore, they gave the whites power over blacks, meaning that they allowed whites to be the overseers of, of blacks. And that was the beginning of white racism, where you find that the poorest or the lowest white individual at a superior position or superior standing over blacks from that point on to this present time. So whenever there is a, a, a chance or whenever there is a, a semblance of unifying blacks and whites, something will be brought up to maintain that separation. So what we're looking at the last couple of days is what I said, press the digitization of politics. We're all looking at what happened at the chambers of, of Congress, the halls of Congress, Senate and <clears throat> Senate as well as the House. And you found that a white mob raced into the chambers of Congress. And they destroyed a lot of things. There was murder as a result. And what are we uh, looking at? And what, look at the timing. We're looking at that as opposed to a, a coming together of blacks and whites. Because as the brother mentioned a few minutes ago, Georgia would not have happened if there wasn't a unification or coming together of blacks and whites. Exactly. So, Excuse me. Excuse me. So, uh -huh. blacks led the way 
but you know out of the out of the number of uh, of votes that came in, there's a large number of whites as well as a large number of blacks. So you had blacks being the vanguard, and as a result of that, you had a victory of a black and a white in Georgia. It's the same thing with respect to Biden. Blacks were the vanguard, but there was a lot of whites. Now, this can't be allowed to stand because if it stands, then the unification or the coming together of blacks and whites will happen again. So, therefore, what what is has been going on is muting of what happened in Georgia and bringing about what's happening in the chamber. So we're looking at Congress. We're looking at that mob, but we're not talking about what happened in Georgia. And the reason why is there's a unification or coming together in Georgia between blacks and whites, and this can't be allowed to happen. So we shift over and we're talking about what happened in D.C. But I want everyone to keep their eyes on Georgia and keep their Mm. eyes on Biden and keep their eyes on the voting and the coalition and the coming together. That may happen if we keep our eye on that prize. I'd like to uh, add to uh, what people saw on Wednesday is more serious than people want to acknowledge. Coming up in this country, American people are always told that the enemy is somebody from the outside. But first, we are told that if there's an enemy inside, it's the black people. Black people ought to be watched. Black people ought to be over-policed. And then after the black people, we're told it was Russia, China, communism, socialism. Then it goes into radical Islam, Arabs. We're told all of those were the threats. And we've always been on the lookout mentally, educationally, militarily for that invader from the outside. But the whole while, the people that more than likely is willing to destroy this republic that they say is the greatest themselves are the white people. And so what you saw Wednesday is you saw the most sacred space in U.S. government breached, defiled, mocked, cursed by the people who propagate the most about freedom, liberty, and equality. The United States is naked right now. It is naked. It has no moral ground to tell any other country about what they're doing with their elections or how they operate in their country. And this is the dilemma that these people are in. So you are going to see a civil war between these factions of whites. And what I mean by that? After the Civil Rights Movement, after the passing of the Civil Rights Bill and the Voting Rights Act, the FBI, who didn't like black people, had to make sure that the Klan 
did not have their way. And so there was a war between the FBI, the federal government, and the Klan. Even though you, even though the head of the FBI hated black people, hated the civil rights movement, hated Dr. King. But in order to maintain the image of the United States in the eyes of the Soviet Union, they had to go after the Klan. Well, this is the situation Biden will be in. What should happen in the first 100 days? You have to go after these groups like a madman. Because if you don't, and you allow them to fester and hang around and feel invincible, you're going to have more problems on your hands. Because white people don't want to keep white people in check. These groups, you got militia groups, they got weapons, they got bombs. One guy they found in his truck, he had homemade napalm. These people, these people have been practicing for this for several decades. They've been practicing. The federal government knows who they are. The federal government has infiltrators. I, by the way, uh, gentlemen, I engage with many of the people who have programs right here on Blog Talk Radio. I call some some of them they allow me to call in and speak. Some of them let me communicate in the chat room. Of course, I disagree with them, and I have even at times suggested that they not talk about violence. I would not be surprised if some of them are not being investigated right now by the FBI. But they know who these people are. The Black Panther Party was destroyed by the U.S. government. The people were put in prison on false charges. The people were assassinated by local police departments. They are prisoners, political prisoners, who were members of the Black Party that's in jail right now. One is a lady who went into exile in Cuba by the name of Asata Shakur. The FBI has a, because the Castro government said they would never turn her back to the United States. She is accused of killing a police officer in New Jersey. She gets arrested. She goes to federal prison. Some kind of way she gets out of the prison and and winds up in Cuba, and the police associations want her badly to the point that under Obama, the FBI issued a $2 million reward for her capture, for information about her capture. This is the kind of stuff they do under black people. They start they start ratcheting up their war on black people when you got a black person up at the top. I want you to pay attention to that. And so mm. here you got this attack on black people who were fighting for civil rights, fighting for human rights, and yet these white people talking about going to war, they got weapons, they buying explosives, they didn't know who they are. And people are even calling the police, ratting on them. The police doing nothing about it. So this is the situation this country's in. It's in, it's in bad shape. This is really, really, really bad shape because I read this morning where some of the groups are talking about going to the inauguration, disrupting the inauguration and killing and committing murder. Just remember, just remember what we're talking about at this particular time. We're not talking about the the leaders of these movements. Uh, we we touched on it earlier, but not to a degree in which 
we should or we should maintain in our minds. As you notice that the economy, the overall economy, the GNP, is down, it's going down, it's not doing too well, but the stock markets are skyrocketing. The stock markets are skyrocketing is because the economic elite controls what we do, why we do, and they also are responsible for the wedge issues. You mentioned earlier, we talked about Washington, D.C. becoming a a city or becoming a state. That's controlled or that's a controlled wedge issue. Because once you talk about Washington, D.C. becoming a state, then the powers that be, that's the economic elite, the 10%, will put in Puerto Rico. And they will say, well, we want Puerto Rico to be a state as well. Once we talk about the white mob that was um, breaking down the chambers of commerce, the chambers of not only commerce, but when they break down the chambers of the whole, uh, the congressional hall, the Senate hall, those are what I call the chambers of commerce. But when you look at that, we quickly are taken away from what's happening or what happened in Georgia. That's another wedge issue. Talk about white and militarism, then you won't talk about the the uniting of blacks and whites that brought about the victories of Warnock. So whenever we, we have to be very careful. Also, in um, we talked earlier about in Ethiopia, all of Africa was considered to be Ethiopia. And the greatness of Egypt came out of the Sudan, out of the lower African region. So whenever you talk about Sudan and you talk about Ethiopia and you talk about the Nubian brothers, what you're talking about are wedge issues. You always, it's always thrown up to keep our people separated, to keep our people at out each other's throats. When we talk, when I talk about Africa, I do not talk about uh, sub-Saharan Africa and, and Africa, the Northern Africa. Africa is Africa. That's a wedge issue. So again, when we talk about and we get very excited about what whites are doing and the mob of whites, that's a small percentage, and that's used to wedge us against what we need to be doing. So always look, and again, that's prestidigitation of politics. Always look at what we should be looking at as opposed to what the elite want us to look at. They always want to keep us at each other's throats. Agreed. <laughs> um, I yeah, think for, uh, I think it's both. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I agree with that, and I agree with Brother Warren also. I mean, we have to look at, we have to remember that there's a certain amount of focus that's required to get things done. I think one of the Biggest problems we had in Masterminder for 2020 was the fact that a lot of the people that were 
a lot of these young entrepreneurs that were making such great progress, you know, March came along, then the virus came along, and understandably, everyone lost focus, right? They were dealing with something that lost focus. However, by August, many of them still could not get their focus back. They were consuming so much negative and and fear-based news, they couldn't get their focus. And we had to try very hard to bring them around to say, no, you you know, limit your your consumption of of a lot of negative and non-constructive news sources and focus on this. And some of these people were going going to go in front of investors soon, right? And some of the deals blew up because they just couldn't focus and get their stuff together. But, but the people that could focus, the people that make money, right, the billionaires, they made more money in 2020 than they've ever made, right? While everyone else was telling people, this is the worst year, this is hell, this is blah, 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 and people are we're going through a lot of stuff, don't get me wrong. But their ability to focus meant that they capitalized on all of it. Not just the wealthy, but just the regular rank and file. I mean, people who had uh, Robin Hooders, people who used Robin Hood in 2020 for stock buying and stock trading, and I'm one of them, made tons of money. And, 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 and you know, even my little stock account, even when I made mistakes, I made money. It was like there was nothing I couldn't do to make money in that in crypto. So, you, so, so you have to be, in these times of chaos and times of uncertainty, there's always opportunities to get better. There's always opportunities to advance if you are focused and if you are rational. And that's one of the things I want to get across, and it goes in with this conversation. And that's kind of what I, what I was talking about earlier. There has to be some focus on what it is we want to do. Of course, politics is important, and we, you know, we should pay attention, and all these other things are important. But we must give the same or more importance to the things that we want to accomplish and our goals collectively going forward. We have to give more importance on that than those things. Okay. Uh, well, well, well covered as, uh, as, uh, as, as always. Uh, where did we start from? We started from Western Sahara. We went to Ethiopia and now life uh, of a black man in um, not only when we say in America, we are probably saying in the uh, white man's world because where I am here, I see this stuff every day in my, in my workplace. Uh, a, black, a black person, same job, same everything, you are paid different to start with. You are expected to do a little bit more than, um, and when I saw those images in, uh, uh, in Washington, I was saying, this happens in my workplace all the time. Uh, whether, black, whether white people knows it or not, no one knows. But we are going to end our discussion here uh, because um, I'm joining another conference call at the bottom of the, the hour. Dr. Patrick, we have uh, homework to do um, with uh, building businesses uh, in Zambia. Like I said, 
I'm, I'm, I'm starting a new program called uh, the African Entrepreneur uh, on Sunday shows. We want to be uh, promoting business, and every week we'll be giving away uh, sponsors coming through about 5,000 kwacha, which is about $300, to the entrepreneur of the week. Um, that will probably invite a lot of people to the platform, and we can start to advertise, Dr. Patrick. We can start to make a little bit of money. Then I can get, I can quit my job. Then I can probably be like Brother Patrick. I can be rich. Who knows? Anyway, that's just a side, <laughs> a side talk. <laughs> you, you, did you know that, Brother Patrick? Yeah, how he there. Yeah, he said I was rich, so I got to go around my house and find where all his money is. So, <laughs> you know, I, there's a bunch of money around here somewhere that Roger said yeah. I got to go find it. So. Yeah. No, Brother Patrick will be, will be different with talking. We... The diaspora, to me, we are very, very critical, Brother Warren, uh, Brother Chai here. We are very, very, very critical, in my view, to the survival of, of, of Africa. Um, again, when I see what happened in Washington, I said, I, 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 I need more of my – our Africa needs to, to stand up. We, we, we should not be disrespected that way. Never. Roger, we should, Roger, Roger. What if happened you, there, Doctor Patrick? If it was Obama, half of the stuff what Trump has done, if it was Obama, it could have been game over. Go ahead, Brother Patrick. Yeah, uh, Doctor yeah. Patrick. Roger, if you, Roger, if you can, um, dovetail Eureka into this uh, conversation, the economics of of the diaspora, and and, and mm-hmm. let's bring Matilda back in here too. But definitely yeah. Eureka. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, same time next week, uh, Brother Warren. Uh, stay on top of uh, Ethiopia. Five minutes there. We, we they, they, they need our 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 our, our support. Uh, and then we have businesses to to build. Charlie Nipo. Charlie Nipo. Charlie Nipo. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>
Yeah. 